today, I want to really keep this message as brief as I possibly can, so I need the Holy Spirit to help me. <laughs> and then we're going to get into prayer and ministry time. But when it comes to revival, there are different types of revival. Revival in its simplest form means that which is dead is coming back to life. Resuscitation, rejuvenation. And when revival takes place in a Christian context, masses encounter Jesus. They are restored to first love. It involves repentance, worship, healings, deliverances, and all of that good stuff. And that's national revival and revival in the church, and that's incredible. One thing that we've been seeing as we've been traveling around the UK and Europe and different parts of the world is the Lord is bringing people into a personal revival where their personal intimacy with the Lord is restored. Living a life of purity and consecration is just flowing from them. And they are burning ones. Personal revival. They are revived. Their marriages are revived. Their children are revived. And many people in Christianity, sometimes people get bored. They get apathetic, spiritually fatigued. And one thing I like to say is this is God's not boring. Christians are boring, but God's not boring. You know, and if you get bored of Christianity, then maybe you've experienced churchianity and religion. Because when you encounter Jesus, it's an exhilarating adventure. It's really an extension of the book of Acts and it doesn't get bored. You only go from glory to glory and from faith to faith. Hallelujah. So personal revival. And I'm really believing God today for personal revival. That you yourself get revived personally. Personally in your time of devotion to the Lord. Personally in your time of Bible study. In your time of prayer walks. In your time of evangelism. Personal revival. Psalm 85, 6 says, Will you not revive us again? that your people may rejoice in you. There are times where even those that have been saved for a while, you need to be revived again. You need to be set on fire for God again. And I remember when I gave my life to the Lord, there was a distinct difference of evangelism before I received the baptism in the Holy Ghost and evangelism after I received the baptism in the Holy Ghost. And it's not just for evangelism, it's for your life. It's for your marriage, for your business, decision-making, for you not just being healed like many of you have today on this platform, but for then for you to walk in healing, for those around you to be set free and delivered and made whole. So when you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit and fire, it changes everything. So before I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I'd go out evangelising and it'd be like I'm going out giving a cheesy sales pitch to try to convince people to know about my Jesus. But then when I received the fire of the Holy Ghost, the whole game changes. Now the Spirit of God thinks through my mind and fills my mouth and now I'm evangelising by the fire of the Holy Ghost and it changes everything changes everything. I could feel the fire of God right now. How many of you can just sense His presence in this place? Yeah. I'm believing we're under an open heaven. I'm not striving for the heavens to be opened. Through the blood, through the cross, through the finished work of Calvary, the heavens are open. 
And we begin this journey where Jesus finished off. Hallelujah. So even when you're praying for the sick, you're not praying from a place of an even playing field with the devil. No way. You've been raised with Christ and made to sit in heavenly places. So you are praying from that position of victory towards that demonic oppression, towards that sickness or whatever it may be. But you can't give out that which you haven't got. It's as simple as that. You can't give out that which you haven't got. If you haven't got it, you can't give it out. And many times it's not so much about worshipping Lord on a Sunday service because there'll be times when you're on the mountain top praising God and it'll be easy, it'll be nice. But then there'll be times when you're going through the valley, you're going through the wilderness, you're being squeezed left, right and centre. And if all you have invested in is drama and watching secular movies and listening to secular music, you better believe that's the only thing that's going to come out of you. Drama, noise. But if you have invested in the Scripture, if you are filled, immersed, drenched in the oil of heaven, I love the oil of the Holy Spirit. There's a reason why I get us to pray in the Spirit before we get into the Word, because I'm not after head knowledge. You know, there are many that are theologically sound, but spiritually bound. Yeah, there really is. And there are people that have such demonic doctrine and it's really magnifying the devil and they're talking more about Jezebel and Jingle Bell more than they're talking about Jesus and my heart's desire is that you come into such an intimacy with the Lord that you come into such a friendship with the Lord and you know that from grace he is a good God and from that place of victory you walk and live a life of fruitfulness a life of fruitfulness Hallelujah. Amen. You know, if you want perfect theology, just look to Jesus. Jesus didn't go around putting devils on people. He went around removing devils off of people. Jesus didn't go around placing sickness on people to teach them a lesson. He went around removing sickness from people. Furthermore, within the divine exchange, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him that by his stripes we are healed. So there was a divine exchange that took place. But then when we look at the life of Christ, he went around freeing people from their captivity. That's our Jesus. So you can't walk me through an intensive care unit And tell me that our Heavenly Father placed that on them to teach them something. You can't walk me through a children's hospital ward and tell me that these devils are placed on them so God can help them. No, no. God can use situations, but God uses the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, to help you. That's the helper. The Holy Spirit is called the teacher. He is the teacher. He's not just a thing. He's not just a third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is more than tongues. Some people think the Holy Spirit is tongues. Now, He'll give you tongues, but the Holy Spirit is more than tongues. Some people think the Holy Spirit is a goosebump. No, no, He might give you a couple of goosebumps, but the Holy Spirit is so much more than a goosebump. Some people have a nice picture of a dove on their stained glass windows and they point at it as if that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit 
came in the form of a dove, but the Holy Spirit is a person. He's a person and you can have a personal relationship with the Spirit of God. And when I was on the way to prison, broke and despondent, and I got radically saved by the Lord, and then I heard of the man of God that was coming to London, the evangelist who is now in heaven, Reinhard Bonnke. And I knew I needed to get there by fire, by force. I need to get there. I didn't even have the money to get there. I was probably one of the youngest person in that evangelism school, but I knew I needed to get there. And I remember getting there and I was so hungry for fire. Can I be honest with you? I, did, I wasn't even waiting for the man of God to lay hands on me. Yes, I honour the man of God, but I also know that the Holy Spirit... There's no limits, there's no distance, there's no restrictions. He can get some of you right there at the back of this auditorium. Some of you right there at the back on the balcony can feel the tangible anointing and presence of God yield to that. We're not going to get mad at you if you cry and weep. And I know Pastor Mike and Pastor Julie are the same. They've got the same heart. You yield to the Holy Spirit. Whether you weep during this service, even during the ministry of the Word, you weep without holding back. Some of you may tremble and fall to the ground. Don't resist that. Yield to the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, in those moments, you're getting hit with His presence. May your heart posture be more, Lord, more, Lord, more. That kind of hunger. I mean, our spiritual father in the 90s, he actually said, Lord, if you don't come down and touch me, I'm going to die and come up there and touch you. And that's a radical hunger. And I want many of you to come to that place of, Lord, I can't leave this premises without fire. The angel took a coal off the altar and placed it on the lips of the prophet and man had a conversation with God. I don't know about you, but I need my heart and tongue touched with holy fire, with heavenly fire. Listen, I don't want to just go out and do the stuff without the anointing. That's going to be a long day. I don't want to just get myself there in ministry and climb that ladder of success. If you get yourself there, you've got to keep yourself there. Hello. But when the favour of God gets you there, no man or no devil can hinder that which the Lord is doing in you, through you, reaching those around you. Can you say Amen? Hallelujah. Declare after me, say fresh fire. Say spiritual hunger. And I got to that service and that school of evangelism so hungry, so thirsty. And I remember seeing a vision of the roof ripped off of the church. And it was like cloven tongues of fire falling in that place. <laughs> Whoa, I could feel it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This service today, I know 9am was teaching on the name. This service is more of an impartation fresh baptism. For some of you, it's going to be a personal day of Pentecost. Thank you, Lord. And as I would be there in my seat and the tangible electricity and anointing of God would come upon me and cessationists would say, ah, it's all emotionalism. It's all because of the worship and it's all because they get, no, 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 no. This was not that. 
This was beyond the realm of reasoning. This was beyond the soulish realm. This was God marking me with his fire. And it was so real because that tangible glory, Pastor Mike, it actually lasted for weeks. It lasted for weeks gently just so I can go about my daily duties. But it was intense for hours. And from that point, evangelism changed. Ministry changed. Life just changed. This is the importance of journeying with the Holy Spirit. Declare after me, say spirit within and spirit upon. There's a distinct difference. Say it again, say spirit within and spirit upon. If you turn with me to the book of 1 John chapter 2, this is the epistles, 1 John chapter 2 verse 27. Sila briende nenea la masha, cliela vrasora lambrea mandena, zizaka broje berifa. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie. Just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. So the scripture is saying there is an anointing within you that teaches you all things. And many of you, when you first gave your life to Jesus, no one had to tell you to worship. It was the anointing and Spirit of God within you that would bring you down to your knees. It would unveil the face of Jesus. It would give you a fresh hunger for the Word of God. So there's an anointing within you and no one needs to teach you that. It's within. And that anointing for you is personal. That's for your personal intimacy with God. The anointing within you, the Spirit of God within you. Declare after me, say Spirit upon. Now the Spirit upon is for the mission field. The Spirit upon is for the people around you to be reached. The Spirit upon is for your mandate, your ministry, your calling and your heavenly assignment. The Spirit upon. You need the Spirit upon you. Yes. You need to be drenched in the anointing. I love the oil of the Holy Spirit. For me, many people ask me and say, Daniel, are you a pastor or are you an evangelist? Some say, are you a prophet or are you an apostle? For me, it's not about the title. It's about the oil. Because there are many that have the titles and have more letters near their name than the alphabet. But if a devil turns up, they're out of the place. So for me, it's not about the title, it's about the oil. I want oil. And that's my prayer for every one of you. May oil get on you. Some of you might not ever be on platform ministry, but you'll be famous in heaven. You might be a quiet intercessor, but you have built a reputation in the realm of the Spirit. Yeah, there's oil on your life. Some of you might just be an usher, but you're ushering not only people, you're ushering the oil of heaven. I'm an usher here tonight as well. We're all ushers. Some of you might seem insignificant to yourself, but in the eyes of God, you are very significant. And the anointing upon you is for your specific assignment. And every one of us are called to win souls. Every one of us are called to pray for the sick. So there are certain things that you don't leave to one group or one office There are certain things we all do, but then there are specific 
assignment. Some of you may have a business anointing. You may have a unique call on your life for the sphere of influence when it comes to sports, entertainment, and then of course, religion. Amen. Declare after me, say the Spirit upon. When the Spirit upon came upon me, boldness followed, power followed. You know, we need power in these last days. We need the supernatural at work now more than ever before. When I look at the kingdom of darkness and their demonic agendas and how they are taking over and how they are coming to attack children and so forth, for the church of Jesus Christ to just have a three-point sermon and a nice little conclusion is not going to be enough. We need power. We need the oil of heaven. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So then when you speak, it will shift the atmosphere. When you do something for God, angels are moving with you when you are stepping out. You need the anointing and the power of God. Declare after me, say power. Say signs and wonders. Say miracles from heaven. The Scripture says these signs will follow those who believe. So the signs are meant to follow you. Where are your signs? Personally, in your marriage, in your family, in your home. I'm not just talking about ministry right now. Signs, this exhilarating adventure with God. Signs and wonders should be following your life. Where are your signs? You know... Us in the UK, many people would tell me the UK is too hard. Daniel, as an evangelist, you have to go to the third world or you've got to go to the US. There are many evangelists in the UK that they leave the UK to go and live in other places. But the Lord called us to not move out, but to shift the spiritual climate of the United Kingdom. And I say that to say this, we could not do it in our own ability or in our own strength. It was the prayers and intercession of saints, saints that have gone on before us, saints that are with us now. And then us saying, Lord, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by your spirit. We need signs, signs and wonders. Lord, if we're going to go into this thing called Christianity, Lord, if we're going to enter this family called the family of God, Lord, I don't want the boring stuff. I don't want that dead religious stuff. Lord, I need I want to see signs and wonders. I want to see the extension of the book of Acts, not just in a third world country, not just on a mission field, but right here in the UK, on the streets, everywhere and anywhere. Declare after me, say signs and wonders. We need power. Did you know there are many that have experienced churchianity, but they've not encountered Jesus? So they leave the church and go and meddle into new age. And they go to find power somewhere else because they haven't found the power in the church. I know Christian men that haven't found brotherhood in the church and then they've gone to leave to convert to other religions for the sake of brotherhood. The church is to be a church of power. This is why during 2020, we had to make a stand in the United Kingdom. Many of you saw from the video, we put a big tent up and many would come from the north, the south and the east and the west because for myself, the church is more than a referral system that you just refer. Drug addict comes, refer them to the rehab centre over there. Sick person comes, refer them to the clinic down the road. The church is more than a referral system. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is called to be a conduit of the power of God. Yeah, 
You can lay hands on that person with addictions and cast out that demon of cocaine, that demon of marijuana, and break its power. It's the same with sickness and disease. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20 says, The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but demonstration of power. Christianity was never meant to be dictated, but it was always meant to be demonstrated. And this is my encouragement to you today, that you step out into this realm of faith. And if you didn't watch the morning service, watch the repeat. Watch it 10 times. Come on, I'm here for people that are hungry and radical. Watch it again and again and again and again, because it's all connected. And the reason why I didn't want to repeat the message, because I wanted to flow with the Spirit of God and what what heaven was telling me. Okay, so watch that back, because it's all connected. Power. Christianity was never meant to be dictated. It was always meant to be demonstrated. Hallelujah. But you can't give out that which you haven't got. Declare after me, say the Spirit upon. So the Spirit within you is for your personal intimacy with the Lord. The Spirit upon is for your assignment, your calling and your destiny. For those around you to be reached with the power of God. Turn with me to Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And I'm getting ready to wrap this. The worship team, you can come up. Sila brandeya mandafa ambrose. Zizaka, zizaka. Yeah. I see some of you already drinking. I see some of you already, your, the mouth of your heart is open. You're just drinking oil. Lord, I can't leave without oil. Without oil, without anointing, without fresh fire. Stay in that place. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Upon you. And when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, that word power is dunamis, miraculous power, supernatural power. And it's not just so you can look cool and just show off with the gifts of the Spirit. It actually says, you shall be witnesses. Witnesses. This is so you can witness. So you can shine the light of the Gospel. So you can be a mouthpiece of the rescuing power of the blood of Jesus. That's what this is for. Supernatural power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We need the fire of the Holy Spirit. We need it now more than ever before. In Luke 3.16, John said, I baptise in water, but there is one mightier coming whose sandal straps I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptise you in the Holy Spirit and fire and fire. I heard a story once that encouraged me profoundly. And it was the story of a warlock that got saved and encountered the Lord. This warlock got saved and baptised. Beautiful story, powerful. And the pastor actually sat down with this ex-warlock and said, what did you witches used to do? And this ex-warlock said, we used to curse Christians. And the pastor looked shocked and flabbergasted. And the ex-witch said, yeah, we used to curse Christians. The pastor said, how? 
And the X which said, in, in the realm of the Spirit, every born-again Christian has a little candlelight flame sitting on their chest. That's how we would identify as them as one of those that belong to the Most High God. We'd see that little candlelight flame and begin cursing them. Cursing them. Cursing their marriage. Cursing their family. And then the pastor was like, so you used to curse all Christians? And the ex-witch said, no, no, no. There were some Christians, they didn't have a little candlelight flame. There were some Christians, their whole body was in flames. Now that type of Christian, we couldn't touch them. That type of Christian would move us out of the neighbourhood. That type of Christian, they spoke in a funny language and we would flee in seven different directions. Come on, I'm talking about a life on fire for God. A life on fire for God. A life burning for God. And even with my own life, when the fire of God came upon me, the Lord would lead us into profound places, hospitals. I can't count how many times the Lord led us into different hospitals, just on assignments to evangelise randomly into the ward. Go in there and the person is like, I just put on my status, God send me an angel. And the person gets healed and leaves the next day. And this was evangelism by fire. Evangelism empowered with the fire of the Holy Ghost. And that's what I want to pray for you today. Okay, regardless of your stream, every Baptist needs the fire of the Holy Ghost. Every Lutheran needs the fire of the Holy Ghost. Every charismatic needs the fire of the Holy Ghost. Every spiritually dead Pentecostal needs the fire of the Holy Ghost. We all need fresh fire. William Seymour of the Azusa Street Revival, he said, Lord, dip me in the kerosene of Thy Spirit that I may burn for You. Fresh fire. Just pray in the Holy Spirit with me. Yeah, yeah. As I'm sharing this final thing, just pray in the Spirit. Peter, he walked with Christ. He saw the miracles. He saw the signs and wonders. But in the heat of the moment, he denied Christ. As Christ got closer and closer to the cross, the crowd around him got smaller and smaller and smaller. Judas went and hung himself. Peter says, I don't know him, I don't know him, I don't know him. But then as Christ appears to his disciples multiple times, and on this particular time, Christ was on the shore preparing breakfast for them. And as he was doing that, Peter recognised his Saviour and jumped off the boat and started swimming towards Jesus. Christ embraces him, asks him the three questions of, do you love me and will you feed my lambs? And the three questions were restoring the three denials. And then in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. See, why am I saying this? Because your ministry isn't over. You might have faced challenges and battles. Some of you may have been ashamed of Christ and denied him in your own way. And the devil 
who is the accuser of the brethren, may say and haunt you. Who do you think you are condemning you, challenging you? Because remember, Satan screams and God whispers. Satan screams with that guilt, that shame and that condemnation. Who do you think you are to expect God to use you and bless you and flow through you? But that wasn't the end of Peter. It wasn't the end of Peter. It looked dark, a dark day in history, denying Jesus. It don't get much darker than that. But it wasn't the end of Peter. And on that day of Pentecost, when the fire of the Holy Spirit fell, and Peter was there, tarrying, waiting, and then he receives that anointing. That same Peter that once said, I don't know him, now received the fire and received the presence of God. And the Scripture says with a loud voice, that's why it's biblical to be loud. When the anointing gets on you, the Bible says with a loud voice, he said, men of Judea, these men are not drunk as you suppose. This is that what the prophet Joel spoke, that in the last days, God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Now, here's what I want you to do. I believe the fire of God is here. <laughs> Whoa. Even as we had testimonies and people got touched up here, I believe that the atmosphere is so ripe. God is just looking for the heart postures that are sensitive. So just every eye closed for a moment, just tune into the frequency of heaven right now. Yeah, the heavens are open, angels are all around here. And the eyes of the Lord run to and fro across the whole earth, seeking those that he can show himself strong and mighty to and then through. Yeah, yeah, fire. Yes. <laughs> fire. Sila briele. Sila brancaza. Si andrile embriene alanande. Yeah, we're just going to stay in this place for a few moments. Zozaga, zozaga. Yeah. Just yield. When you sit near the fireplace, there's not much you need to do, there's no striving. The fire just warms you up. And the same way you approach through grace, you come to that throne of grace boldly. Yeah, just gently, just gently. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Fire of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. There it is. <laughs> fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you may weep. Some of you may tremble. Some of you may be filled with joy unspeakable and full of glory. 